You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke and Kate Abbott. And today we're following along in our series of puppies. We started a few weeks ago talking about how to choose a puppy, then how to decide which puppy would be right for you. And we continued with housebreaking last week. And this week we're talking about how to get that puppy settled into your house. And since my husband and I brought home a new puppy on Easter Sunday, we're in the process of this right now and can speak from experience. (laughs) Uh, You want the puppy to grow up as you want him to be, as you want him to grow up to be. You want him to grow up to be a well-mannered dog, a good companion, a friend, a best friend. And you start that puppy that way in the very beginning. Don't make excuses for the puppy. Oh, he's just biting now because he's a puppy. We want him to start him right off on the right foot, right from the very beginning. But hold on for a few minutes. We've got to let our sponsors have a say, and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet with pet expert and author Sarah Wilson. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Ready to take a walk? Not just you, but your whole family. 
It's the 2008 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 8th from 9 to 4 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet-related. Whisker Walk 2008, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. Today we're talking about how to incorporate your puppy into your household, how to start his training, how to introduce household rules and social manners, and how to turn this wild little puppy into a well-mannered best friend and companion. With our new puppy, who we named Archer, we just set him off following our older dogs. <laughs> and that's been the best so far. I think that's the easiest, just to have an older dog. <laughs> or maybe you call it cheating. I don't know. <laughs> Continuing in the tradition. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. But that, of course, only works when your older dogs are well-trained. Yes. Yeah, we have an Very assistant well. trainer here who's getting a new puppy shortly. And we told her about a week or so ago to make sure her older dog, Caleb, doesn't have any bad habits that she doesn't want him to teach the new puppy because puppies do copy the adults. I remember when you told her that, the look on her face. Oh. <laughs> okay, there's a few things we need to change before the puppy comes home. And I noticed this last weekend she was. Yes. She was, she was working with him, so... She understood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think she thought of it before, but she understood. One thing that I like to set up right in the beginning, and one of the things that our new puppy already had established as a bad habit is dashing through the doors. He figures any door that opens means he can go in or out at his discretion. So we've been teaching weight, blocking him with a leg, giving him a hand signal, building an invisible wall in front of his nose, telling him wait, opening the door, and then either giving him permission to come in or go out, but at our discretion, not at his. He's having a hard time with that. He, well, and also, he's five months old, right? Yes, he's yeah. five so months he old. So he had a, a short time of creating some bad habits. Yes. Or yes, actually, and, on, in his uh, good habits for him yeah he thought they were wonderful <laughs> he thought they were absolutely wonderful and uh and, and he's amazingly quick <laughs> I <bet. laughs> yeah so we're working with archer on dashing the doors another habit that he came with was jumping on people i don't mind when a puppy climbs up into a lap to say hi i don't like it when the entire puppy comes up in the lap with no warning to say hi <laughs> Also, jumping up on people while we're walking. He, uh, he's a very affectionate puppy, a very sweet puppy, and he, he obviously didn't get as much attention as he would have liked when he was younger. So he's very cute about getting it, but jumping on people is not a good one. He's going to be much too big for that. 
So with jumping, we're working on teaching him to sit. And since a breeder had kept him as a potential show puppy, he'd been taught to stand. So sit is a little difficult. He's still going, no, 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 I'm not supposed to do that. But he's learning. And since he's very food motivated, make that extremely food motivated, (laughs) (laughs) it'll come along. (laughs) So those are two things that we're doing right now with, with our puppy. One of the fallacies that I'd like everyone to know is not true is the phrase, Oh, he'll grow out of it. Oh, oh. drives me nuts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I hear that a lot. So instead, I tell people to imagine what your, oh, six-pound puppy, what he's doing now, imagine him doing that when he's 65 pounds. Right. Or do you still want that behavior when he's that big? Because what puppies are doing right now is practicing behavior. They're not going to magically do a 180 in their behavior once they reach a magic age. I think what uh, a a good way to explain that is anything that is self-rewarding for the puppy, anything that gives the puppy pleasure, uh, enjoyment, food, attention, attention, (laughs) either negative or positive, Mm -hmm. uh, is going to be continued. So if the puppy gets any kind of reward at all for a behavior, then he's going to continue doing it. And it doesn't matter, you know, whether it's for positive or negative. If he gets a reward for it, he's going to continue doing it. A couple last night in class, um, Corgi would bark. Guy would reach down and shush, 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 but pet. Yes. As Mm -hmm. he was shushing. Yes. And the shushing was like, oh, stop, 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 stop. Well, a shush, is not a, a shush is not a correction or an interruption. It's just a noise. He's a young dog, and he just looks so pleased with himself. Oh, I got Dad to pet me uh-huh. and pay attention to me. And his barking, of course, increased. Right, of course. <laughs> of course. One habit that we like to teach people in the puppy classes, and actually in the basic classes, is teaching the puppy to sit for everything. When the puppy learns to sit, then he's not jumping on you. When he learns to sit... You can hook up his leash and take him for a walk. When he sits, you can give him his food and he's not jumping all over and knocking the bowl out of your hand. When he learns to sit, you can toss the ball and he's not all over the place. Teaching the dog to sit for everything he wants starts the puppy working for you. That's probably the first command I teach my guys. And then it's cute once they learn it. No matter where you go, down the hall or wherever, they're stopping, sitting in front of you and look at you. Like, hey! <laughs> of course it is. Like, hey, nice job. And got to praise them each time. Sure. But it's definitely. a much better way to get your attention than uh, treating you like a vending machine yeah. and pawing at you. Yes. Yep. Exactly. And more sitting, less jumping. Mm-hmm. You want to give a quick, uh, quick explanation of how to teach the sit? Uh, we start with two methods in puppy class. One is to, for the food-motivated puppies... Take a treat, put it at your puppy dog's nose. Slowly raise the treat up and back towards the dog's tail. And as the nose goes up following the treat, the butt goes down like a, like a uh, seesaw. Once he's in the sit position, put your hands on puppy and help him hold it. While you tell him how good he is, what a good puppy. And holding it's a key. We don't want him to grab that treat and then pop right back up again. <laughs> yeah, which is what we see a lot. Teaching a he little sat. self-control, right? <laughs> no, no, hold the sit. <laughs> but the sit isn't finished until you say they're done. We use a release word. 
whatever word you'd like, as long as it's not praise. So as we say, good puppy, that means keep doing what you're doing. And then a release word. I use, well done, Liz uses okay, you use okay, okay too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just say okay too much, so I change it to well done. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, my, my two other favorites I've heard students use are take five mm-hmm. and surf's up. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, we hear a few, because we're so close to Camp Pendleton, um, uh, at, at ease. ease. At ease. At right. Ease. Oh, and then there was the guy that kept saying Miller time. Miller time. That was time a good to one. relax. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. And then the second technique. Yeah, so if puppy's not motivated to follow the food or simply can't concentrate that long to follow the true food, um, putting one hand on puppy's chest, the other hand is going to slide down puppy's butt, past the tail, to the back legs and fold those back legs under like you're tucking in a fitted sheet in a mattress so fold as you push up and raise on the chest so again like a teeter-totter forming the puppy into the sit position and then once he's in the sit position same thing keep hands on praise him keep him there and then release step back and let him get up and be a silly puppy and we like to emphasize that there's several steps with with either technique that you use. The first is the puppy's name, the command set, then helping him do it, either with the treat or shaping, then the praise for sitting with the hand on the collar to help him do it, and then the release. And if you follow all of those steps, then the puppy learns it, and he learns to hold it, and he develops that self-control. And the owners get in the good habits. Right. Saying the puppy's name. So the puppy knows you're talking to him. You could be talking to somebody else in the room. Liz, sit. (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it helps that if you have multiple dogs. Yep. Or even if you don't plan on it. And, you know, you may be suckered into getting a second dog later on. At least (laughs) the dogs know who you're talking talking to. to. Right. And it comes in handy. I mean, I, you know, it's nice to be able to, you know, tell, you know, Kona wait and Bashir come and that type of thing. So sure. using the name definitely important. So that's sitting for everything. That helps teach good uh, good habits. Something else that many dog owners don't understand is the concept of giving their dogs permission to do something. Uh, if your dog is starting to sit, tell them sit and praise him for it. We call that a freebie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're Watching TV and your dog starts to lay down at your feet, tell him lay down as he's doing it and then praise him for it. Again, a freebie. Mm-hmm. As if, puppy runs to you. Good come, to come. Good to come. Exactly. Lots of praise. There's absolutely nothing wrong with a freebie. We have some people come to class on their second or third week and they say, I can't say sit. She's always sitting. Yeah, Not take really. advantage of it. <laughs> and it's we wonderful. Say, and we always go, is that a problem? <laughs> Great. <laughs> she got the concept. Tell her how wonderful she is for sitting. Another thing that we're doing with uh, our baby Bashir, or baby Bashir, Bashir <laughs> baby Bashir's brother, uh, Archer, he hadn't had a lot of social handling, which we start with our puppies from the very beginning. Now, the breeder had warned us, but I didn't realize what exactly that warning was. She gave him a bath the morning we came to pick him up, and she said he didn't like to be brushed. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying that. And I thought, okay, he didn't like to be brushed. Well, most puppies don't want to hold still to be brushed. No, he had not had nearly enough social handling. And uh, I went to wash off his little 
tiny manhood yesterday morning because he wasn't keeping himself clean. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, he wasn't keeping himself clean, so okay. I went to wash him just off. Just like a baby. It's just gotta, like a baby. You yeah. Clean him. You know, you got to keep him clean. And you might have thought from his attitude that I was going to rip it off him. Oh, my. <laughs> he panicked. So... We sat down, he did a lay down in my lap, and he had a belly rub. And then when he was all relaxed and he realized that I wasn't going to tear him apart bit by bit, then I washed him off. And then I grabbed a brush and we did a little bit of brushing and I touched his toenails and his pads and I looked at his teeth and he's teething. And I checked his ears, which are dirty, but I decided I would wash those at another time, give him a little bit in a session. <laughs> But teaching your puppy that you can touch him all over is very, very important. But it's also important that you do this very gently. Don't turn it into a horrible thing. Yeah. No I, wrestling, no. And then it pays in the long run. Like Teddy in the winter, uh, summertime gets those uh, foxtails in his pets. I think he's a Brillo pad. Attacks, uh, attracts everything in the, in the city. But um, because we social do the social handling, I could take each pad, go between the pads, and even if I have to use uh, tweezers, mm-hmm. he'll hold still. Not like his favorite thing, but he knows. He'll like, roar, 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 makes his noise, but he lets me you know, clean and his And the pads. veterinarians will love you forever. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> I had to take my guy to the vet today just for a checkup. Nothing wrong with him. And uh, it was so quick and easy. I told him to get up on the table. He did. That's mm-hmm. the agility training. That right. Comes later. <laughs> and, uh, and told him to stand. And it, the doctor was able to, to give him a complete physical in no time at all. No fuss, no muss for her or for my dog. Right. Yeah. It's, it's used to being handled. It, and I know it, the vets always tell Liz and I, too. I know when I go in there, like, they love our dogs. <laughs> well, <laughs> your dogs just stand there. Let us do whatever. Lay them over. Roll them over. Pick up this pad, that pad, ears, whatever. Well, and poor Dax, with her liver disease, she was getting blood tests once a month there for a while. Yeah. And I'm sure she felt like a pincushion, but they took it out of her neck, which always gave me the creeps. But she would sit up there, she'd tilt her head back, <laughs> and they would poke her. And they were always, oh, we just love dogs like this. Mm-hmm. But for you caring for your dog at home, too. I mean, Aussies are not tough to care for but they need to be brushed <laughs> looking at Riker right now he looks somewhat like a Brillo pad yep. uh, they need to be brushed we need to clean the ears and trim the toenails and check their teeth and check for fleas and ticks and burrs and foxtails our dogs can't care for themselves mm-hmm. so it's important we do this social handling with them as a baby and when they get spayed or neutered do you want to keep an eye on those stitches so they don't get oh, infected we had a or anything dog in class last night yeah. that had torn out her stitches yeah and she had to go back in and get restitched. And what Liz was talking about, introducing it to them gently, non-confrontational. Right. Um, Lots of love. Making it a nice massage, doing a couple of swipes with a brush, going back to massaging. Mm-hmm. You know, if the puppy doesn't like the brush, introduce it slowly, gradually, make it a good thing mm-hmm. instead of a fight that you have to win. The other thing that I did is I introduced Baby Archer to peanut butter. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Peanut butter's a great distraction. Yeah. <laughs> you take, especially for a food-motivated puppy like he is, what I did was I took a little finger full of peanut butter, rubbed it off on the roof of his mouth behind his front teeth, and then 
As he was going slurp, 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 lick, 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 I was touching each toenail very gently. And then the first time I go to trim those nails, I'll do the same thing. I'll use the peanut butter, get him a little distracted, because puppies can't think about two things at the same time. (laughs) And then that way... It's it's also a positive. He won't I won't give him peanut butter at any other time except for when he's he needs that distraction. And uh and it works. It it turns a somewhat difficult chore into a better one. Amazingly enough, I have met a few dogs who are not that fond of peanut butter, so we switched to cream cheese. Oh, nice cream and cheese. Soft. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Still uh-huh. sticky. Still sticky. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get the roof of the mouth though, because you get it on the tongue, they swallow it too quick. Yeah, (laughs) scrape it off on the roof. All right, well, we need to take a break real quick for our sponsors, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back and we'll talk some more about how to get this puppy started on the right track. So hold on. Sit, stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. Uh, I'm your host, Liz Palaika. Petra and Kate are with me today. And we're talking about how to get this puppy started on the right course so he grows up to be the adult dog that you want him to be. One thing with puppies is that all puppies need to varying degrees is exercise. And exercise. And exercise. (laughs) And more exercise. A puppy with way too much energy is going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. A tired puppy is a well-behaved puppy. (laughs) One of my needle points. Now, we, we, we need to tailor this exercise, though. Right. I mean, exercise doesn't mean to take your puppy, um, well, a lot of people get labs or Dalmatians, whatever, and think, oh, got a jogging partner. 
at the age of 12 weeks. Yeah. Mm, Not yet. No, No, let him grow up. His bones, his ligaments, his joints are still so fragile, so soft. You don't want to destroy or cause arthritis in a young dog. The growth plates don't close until they're uh, 9, 12, 14 months of age, depending on the, the breed of puppy and how big he is. And if you do too much hard, repetitive exercise before those growth plates close, you risk damaging the bones, damaging the joints. Anyway, we're, we're talking about exercise. We don't want too much repetitive, hard exercise until the growth plates of the puppy's bones have closed. But they can play ball. They can play hide-and-seek in the backyard with you. They can do... Uh, low jumps they can do an easy agility course they can chase the bunny or the squirrel in the backyard but what's important is they do get exercise it strengthens their muscles <coughs> excuse me strengthens their muscles and it uses up energy i think the one i like and i've seen a lot of dogs and i have it for in my little palms you get one of those round hard balls not the one they can pop like they make for horses jolly, it, jolly, like balls. A jolly ball but it's a hard plastic oh my gosh I had one one time, and my dogs went nuts. It's just entertaining. They're so determined to get that ball, and boy, after they're done, whew, we're talking tired pups, happy pups, happy owner. <laughs> Come on in, lay down, and now we're all good. <laughs> I'm always emphasizing with my puppy owners is to work the brain as well as the body. So mm-hmm. that a, when I say tired puppy, I mean both mentally and physically tired. And it doesn't have to be advanced algebra, but, uh, you know, asking them to do a couple of sits. Oh, well, I like to teach my puppy owners push puppy push-ups. Yes, yeah. definitely. To go yeah. from a sit to a down, back up to the sit. Mm-hmm. And if that gets too easy, they can do a stand to a down, to a sit, to a stand. Mix it up. Play, find something, hide things around uh, the living that room. That exercise is actually entertaining to watch. The owners try to figure out, sit down, stand. <laughs> oh, they go home from here exhausted mentally. <laughs> Getting your puppy to focus and concentrate um, is tiring for them and sometimes for the owners too. But it's also building good habits. Um, even if you just toss, tell the puppy to sit, wait. Toss the ball, now have a hand on their collar and help them hold that weight. Sure. And then one, two, three, okay, go get it. Release Mm -hmm. them, let them go get the ball. They're thinking, why can't I just go get that ball? I'm having to listen to you. What does this mean? Mm -hmm. And a lot of praise make it a fun game as you teach. Sure. And that brings up the issue of play. You've got to play with your puppy. That's one way to bond with them, Mm -hmm. one way to get them their exercise. One way to spend time with them. I mean, we've all got busy schedules, and it's so easy to come home from work and sit down and go, all right, that's enough, don't bother me, and throw the dogs outside. But you've got to play with your puppy. But when you're playing with him, don't teach him things you don't want him to learn. Hmm. Like slap like, face? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. or wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tug of war. Mm-hmm. Teach the puppy to fight you. Yes, good message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Owners and kids. The, well, the young boys like to wrestle around with the dogs or the puppies because it's fun. We do have to bring up one of Liz's most infamous phrases. A <laughs> student, and I'll use the term loosely in class, was arguing with Liz that it was really a good idea for him to wrestle and teach his pit bull puppies to bite. Yes. Yeah, and he came to class with a Yorkie or something. His girlfriend had a Yorkie. That's right. Who was biting? 
who was fighting. Because he'd been playing that game. And she was incredibly frustrated because she had been trying to teach the Yorkie not to bite. And he didn't think it was a problem because he had the pit bulls I used to do it. So, of course, while we're standing there, Kate and I... <laughs> listening At a certain Liz. point, Liz was explaining and explaining, and he was still just dug in, just arguing that it was a good thing to do. And after all, it was only a Yorkie, how bad of a bite? And she finally just stopped and said, I can't help it if you're stupid. <laughs> and we will never let her forget that. They will never, ever, ever let me forget that. I think we just kind of... Shut her mouth, turned around, and walked away and chuckled. Yeah, but the best part was the girlfriend who, like, punched him on the shoulder and said, See, I told you! <laughs> I will admit that he did come back to class the next week. Yes, he did. He was quiet. And I he, think you finally broke through to him, as it were. I believe so. Or, or with my backing, his girlfriend broke through to yeah. him. But... Uh, he never admitted that teaching pit bulls to bite was wrong, but I do believe he quit wrestling with the Yorkie. <laughs> <laughs> now, good. I will say in 25 years of teaching dog classes, that's the first time I've ever called anyone stupid. Well, to their face. No. <laughs> to their face, yes. <laughs> no, really, we enjoy what we do. <laughs> but it is important not to teach your puppy something as a puppy that you don't want them to do when they grow up. And biting people is a very, very bad habit. <laughs> yeah. Before she got the um, the uh, puppy teeth, which can hurt. But then when they get oh, bigger, then you have the little pressure. Oh, teeth. yeah. And then it's getting sued later because your puppy has bitten someone. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we're facing all the uh, breed restrictions nowadays with insurance and legislation and everything else because of dogs that have bitten. This is one of our big pet peeves. You've heard it on previous podcasts and you'll hear it again. Mm -hmm. Don't let your puppy bite. <laughs> okay, and then the other one, uh, nutrition. Um, I know many breeders and in fact um, our friend, um, the breeder, doesn't have the best quality food but then at the same time if they're on a fixed income and you got a lot of dogs you can understand they go for something a little bit more inexpensive and their dogs seem to do okay and they, yeah, and they're not doing bad at although all. she did rave about the coats that my dogs had <laughs> who ate a much better food <laughs> yeah, that's very true something to mention too is so often when we talk about food with our clients they get well what well, but does that come in a puppy food yeah and there's really no need for a puppy food. I haven't fed a puppy food in more than 20 years, and I'm in the process right now of weaning Art Archer off the, the commercial puppy food that she had him on. Yeah. And I mean, from Palm to German Shepherd, never mm -hmm. any of them, never on a puppy food. If you're feeding an excellent quality food, and my definition of excellent quality is, is pretty strict, but an excellent quality food, then there's no need to change the food just because of your puppy's age. Mama Wolf doesn't catch a certain kind of bunny for her baby cubs. <laughs> no, it's exactly that. Four-week-old bunny yeah. for her four-week-old babies. Right. You know, they they eat meat. They grow well. They grow up. Uh, one of the problems that we see with, with foods that can be inappropriate is dogs growing up with panosteitis. Mm -hmm. And other problems, uh, developing arthritis too soon. Hip dysplasia is thought to have a relation to nutrition. Allergies. Elbow dysplasia, allergies. allergies. Uh, in behavior, hyperactivity, 
to foods that are too high in cereal grain carbohydrates and, and certain other ingredients. So you're better off with a very high quality food. I prefer, personally, foods with no cereal grains. I like to see carbohydrates come from more natural sources like sweet potatoes and potatoes and other tubers and fruits that the dog might otherwise naturally eat. And then of course, good quality meat protein, muscle meats, good quality muscle meats, <laughs> not the meals and the byproducts in, in, unless those are ingredients farther down on the list of foods. But the first ingredient should be muscle meat. And with that, your puppy can grow up well and strong and hopefully with very few health problems. Plenty of energy without being on a sugar high and hyperactive. Right. right. And if he's calm and relaxed, then he's, you're able to teach him more. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And he's able to concentrate and retain what he's learned. Now, going along with nutrition, something else that we often talk to our puppy owners about, if your puppy's having house training issues, one of the first things you might want to do is have the veterinarian check to make sure he doesn't have a urinary tract infection. As I was saying, I was washing off Archer's little manhood. <laughs> Got little Kate manhood. all flustered. <laughs> Just so Victorian. <laughs> and uh, uh, one of the things I was doing is washing. I was checking to make sure everything looked okay. Puppies don't often clean themselves as well as they should. The boys and the girls. And sometimes mm -hmm. they can end up with urinary tract infections. And in that case, all your house training efforts are going to be for naught. They, uh, the puppy's going to have problems. So you can talk to your veterinarian about that. And then, of course, if you're trying to change foods too quickly and your puppy has diarrhea, that'll upset his uh, schedule. His schedule <laughs> also. Yeah. Also. Um, oh, and one thing I think we need to bring up with the whole puppy is uh, socialization. Definitely. Oh, it's heartbreaking to see how many come to class and they're just worried and worried or or some are more aggressive than they should well, be. Well, I don't know. I've taken to the dog park at least uh, twice a day and I let him play with the big dogs. Who mash him and growl at him. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, that's one thing that our breeder had done very well with Archer. He's very social, very happy, confident little guy. She had, had done some wonderful socialization with him. Mm -hmm. Puppies need to meet other people of all ages, sizes, ethnic backgrounds. They need to meet friendly dogs who are not going to mash them mm -hmm. uh, unless they deserve to be mashed. <laughs> True. They need to be, meet cats and rabbits and squirrels and horses if they can and cows. And they need to hear vacuum cleaners and trash trucks and and walk on different surfaces and hear noises and harmonicas and bells. And but if he gets afraid, then just pick him up and cuddle him and coo to him and tell him it'll be okay. Yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> okay. I just had to throw that in. If your puppy's worried, jolly him along. Laugh with him. Oh, aren't you silly? Come look at that motorcycle. Yeah. That's not scary. Bring him up to the item or, or the stroller and tap on it. Oh, look at it. Here's a cookie. Get close to it. But be silly about yes. it. Don't comfort him. We have a tendency to think that comforting, because we are comforting. Oh, it's okay. It's not going to hurt you. But the puppy reads that as praise for being afraid. Whoa, mom thinks it's scary too. Mm -hmm. But if you're silly, dogs know what laughter is. Be silly about it. Oh, that's not scary. Look at that. Come up and see this. And, and then they, they can learn that it's not frightening. 
I purposely take things out in puppy class, uh, umbrellas that snap open mm-hmm. or, uh, mm-hmm. oh, uh, the hop-along horse, stick horse mm-hmm. that makes noises. Uh-huh. And, well, just the sight of me riding a stick horse, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's scary. Yeah, or, yeah. or your uh, <coughs> Casper the ghost sheet and yep, uh, yep. the witch's hat and the feather boa and the, and the duck call <laughs> and, the <laughs> and the hornet squeaks and... Well, I was thinking of a seminar I went to here on the West Coast, so a lot of us from the Southern California area, a lot from the Northwest, and we were talking about things to make puppies at least look twice Mm -hmm. so that owners could practice jollying Mm -hmm. the puppies along, and uh, I was saying the snap open umbrella got most of the puppies here in Southern California. Well, those trainers from the Northwest are going, umbrellas? No, that's old hat. Now, sunglasses. Sunglasses totally freak out the puppies that live in Seattle. We're like, sunglasses? That's normal here. So think outside the box a little bit. We need to get some galoshes. Galoshes. Our dogs have never seen galoshes. Yeah. yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, whereas in the Northwest and and up in the Midwest in the snow country, they they see those all the time. Ooh, how much would it cost to bring snow to the field? Uh, okay. No, <laughs> darn, no, oh, boy. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> just keep in mind as you're raising your puppy, start him in the direction that you want him to go. Don't let him get away with anything. Or develop any bad habits just because you think they're cute when he's little. They're not going to be that cute when he grows up. Don't let him do anything you're not going to be happy about him doing for the next 15 or 16 years. Use lots of positives. Keep him happy. Set him in the direction you want him to go. But don't be afraid to also interrupt him and stop the bad behavior when it does happen. You're not going to scar him psychologically forever. Just be fair and then teach him what you want him to do. And when he does that, lots of praise, lots of reward. Yeah, awesome puppy. And you'll get him started well. That's the point I hammer home a lot. It's not enough to just say no stop that, no stop that, no stop that, until the dog thinks his name is no, no, no bad dog. <laughs> right. No stop that. Um, yeah. But interrupt, stop what he's doing wrong, and show him the path of righteousness, how to do it correctly. Yes. Exactly. And a lot of praise yes. for that. Yes. On that note, we'll let you go. Thanks for listening to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm Liz. I'm Petra. Okay. And we'll talk to you next week as we continue talking about puppies. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>